0: Thank you for watching NTD Business Top Stories tonight. Bracing for a recession, one company out of five in the U.S. plans to lay off workers in the coming months, according to a new survey. The FDA trying to simplify the COVID vaccine process to make it more like getting a flu shot every year. Social Security running out of money, two of the major funds could be wiped out in 10 years, according to a report. What then? and wind turbines becoming larger and larger. But some of them are collapsing, a problem for the growth of the wind industry. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. (music) Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Roughly a fifth of U.S. companies plan to scale down their workforces in the coming months. That's as they brace for a possible recession. Uh, They're also coping with low profit margins. This is according to a January survey by the National Association for Business Economics. The survey polled 60 of the association's members in early January. The number reflects growing concern for the future. More than half of survey respondents said they see a 50% or higher chance of a recession next year. The company said factors like higher costs and interest rates are the biggest risks to their financial health. Music streaming platform Spotify is already shrinking its workforce. It says it's cutting 6% of its global workers. Spotify had benefited from increased customer demand during pandemic lockdowns, but now analysts say tech companies are cutting jobs to prepare for an economic downturn. A recession would likely reduce demand for Spotify's software, products, and services. Digital ad spending would probably decrease as well. Amazon, Microsoft, and Google have already announced tens of thousands of layoffs this month. Just last week, Google announced it was slashing 12,000 jobs, Microsoft cutting 10,000. In total, big tech companies announced at least 48,000 layoffs in January alone. And besides a potential economic slowdown, safety concerns are also hitting businesses. A Nike flagship store is closing in Seattle, Washington, among other businesses that have closed down in recent years. The locals and some business owners say crime and homelessness are taking a toll on the downtown area. NTD's Sean Marshall has more.
1: Downtown Seattle seems to be dying with the recent closure of a Nike flagship store after 26 years of service and a regal multiplex cinema on the same block. Though Nike hasn't released an official statement as to why locals mentioned rampant crime, homelessness, and a rough COVID pandemic recovery affecting local businesses.
2: Because they've decriminalized a lot of things
1: does not mean the crimes that surround them uh, go away. I spoke with Jim Fuda, executive director of Crime Stoppers of Puget Sound, to find out what's going on with the retail businesses in Seattle.
2: And the fact that that there's less people actually shopping uh, downtown because of of the people on the, uh, that are on the streets. It's uh, difficult. People are afraid. But homeless, mental health health crisis. Supposedly that that it's a new term. You can you can call it what you want, but the bottom line is there's still criminal activity going around
1: the, that particular population. The city has vowed to crack down on homelessness and crime after firefighters were attacked at homeless encampments on 40 different occasions in a four month period last year. In King County, where Seattle's located, vagrant deaths hit a record of 310 in 2022, including 18 killings.
2: We had a failed defunding uh, experiment done by a past city council uh, that uh, over 400 officers um, are uh, gone from the Seattle Police Department, which means there's less officers to respond uh, to these types of of, uh, of, of calls. So um, uh, they're responding to priority one calls. So what happens to property crimes um, there and the accountability side of that is
1: is uh, is been lacking. Among the most recent trends to hit Seattle-area retailers are thefts of copper cables from electric vehicle charging stations. Thieves might take only about $10 worth of copper, but it costs up to $2,500 to repair the damage. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: The IRS kicked off the 2023 income tax filing season on Monday with 5,000 new customer service representatives. The agency hopes the new hires will help slash call waiting times and shorten the processing time for paper tax returns. The IRS is also about to unveil how to spend the $80 billion it recently got from the Inflation Reduction Act. The bulk of that is earmarked to improve tax compliance and enforcement. That means the agency will be able to audit millions more Americans. The Republican-controlled House earlier voted to rescind most of that money, but the bill didn't go further. The tax agency still had some $3.7 million unprocessed 2021 returns as of December 2nd. And meanwhile, bad news if you plan to rely on Social Security for retirement. Major Social Security trust funds could run out of money in 10 years. That means they wouldn't be able to pay out full retirement benefits. That's according to the Nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. Its recent report found that the Old Age and Survivors Insurance Trust Fund would run out in 2033. And the Disability Insurance Trust Fund would run out in 2048. Social Security is being strained with the number of retirees increasing relative to the active workforce. The federal government's spending more and more on the program. And if nothing changes, Social Security benefits will be limited to what the government can get from annual tax revenues. After the funds run out in 2033, the CBO predicts benefit payments will be about 23% smaller than they're they're supposed to be. And in about 70 years, those payments would be 35% smaller. The FDA says it wants to simplify how Americans stay up to date on COVID-19 booster vaccinations. The agency says in documents posted Monday, it wants the process to be more like getting a flu shot every year. That would mean assessing what COVID strains are circulating in June and then preparing for a dose for the fall. The FDA says the plan is to create a single annual shot for most people, but those with certain risk factors might need two. FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee is set to meet Thursday to discuss the plan. But Tesla CEO Elon Musk said he felt severe discomfort after his second COVID booster shot. In a Twitter post over the weekend, he said that he had major side effects and that he felt like he was dying for days. Though Musk didn't provide medical records to back up his claim, nor did he say which company's COVID booster he took. Musk did not experience side effects from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine or the first mRNA booster he took. Musk's tweet was in response to a post by Rasmussen Reports. The report criticized the CDC's position that major side effects are rare after vaccinations. Is natural immunity superior to vaccination against COVID-19 for children? That's what a new study is saying. NTD's Daniel Monahan shares the data with us.
3: Researchers in North Carolina found that children with natural immunity were better protected from COVID-19 infection and hospitalization than children who were vaccinated. Children aged 5 to 11 with post-infection protection had about 88% protection against reinfection. That was compared to about 60% for those vaccinated. The protection remained higher over time until month eight. At that point, the protection from natural immunity among the unvaccinated was estimated to be about 19% and 22% for the vaccinated. Meanwhile, on the risk side, some cardiologists are questioning the safety of the vaccines. Dr. Peter McCullough says that myocarditis is now at the level of 25,000 per million and rising. He says that it was about four cases per million pre-COVID.
2: None of the vaccines are sufficiently safe nor effective to remain on the market, they should be pulled off the market.
3: The CDC says that ongoing safety monitoring shows that COVID 19 vaccination continues to be safe for children. It adds that the risks of COVID 19 and possible severe complications outweigh the potential risks of having a rare adverse reaction to vaccination. Daniel Monahan, td News
0: Microsoft today officially announced another multi billion dollar investment in OpenAI. The big tech company's investment is in addition to a previous $1 billion bet it made on OpenAI about four years ago. It has since built a supercomputer to power OpenAI's technology. Microsoft and OpenAI are trying to stay at the forefront of so called generative AI. The technology can learn how to create virtually any type of content simply from a text prompt. OpenAI's ChatGPT is a prime example of generative AI. The widely reported program can produce poetry and prose on command. Microsoft said last week that it's aiming to integrate such AI into all of its products. And Apple wants to increase production in India. Right now, the country accounts for about 7% of Apple's production, but the company wants to increase it up to 25%. India's trade minister announced the news today, though no timeline was given. Apple did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Apple has bet big on India since the country began iPhone assembly in 2017. Last year, sources told Reuters that manufacturer Foxconn plans to quadruple the workforce at its iPhone factory in India over two years. The shift comes as Apple continues to move its manufacturing away from China over lockdown restrictions and rising tensions between China and the U.S. And on Wall Street ending sharply higher today fueled by surging technology stocks the dow rose 254 points or eight tenths of a percent s&p added 47 points or 1.2 percent and the nasdaq jumped 224 points or 2 percent. moving on to our special report on renewable energy in particular wind power and the dangers that come with that giant wind turbines are collapsing now, to be clear, this happens rarely, but when it does, it's quite the phenomenon, because wind turbines are getting bigger and bigger. The most recent collapse was a 400-foot-tall turbine in Wisconsin. Now, to give you an idea, that's longer than a football field. Nobody was hurt, and the owner of the turbine, Next Era Energy, says it's still investigating the cause of the crash. We spoke to Professor John Hall from the University at Buffalo. He has a Ph.D. in mechanical engineering, as well as a lot of published research regarding wind turbines. Hall explains why wind turbines are getting so big. Some are getting longer than entire neighborhoods.
4: We have to compete with with fossil fuels and and natural gas. One of the ways that we do that is by making larger and larger systems. Larger systems, they're just... Uh, they're up higher in the air and everything, so they they uh, they get they you know whenever you're up higher, you know, whenever you're on the ground, the air is more turbulent. It's it's affected by you know trees, buildings, and everything. Whenever you get up higher, you get smoother airflow. So they want to build wind turbines that are you know much larger than you know than what we've had in the past. And
0: the world's soon-to-be biggest wind turbines is the v 23615 megawatt. The blades of the V236 themselves are longer than football fields and it will be almost twice as tall as the Washington Monument. This is going to be an offshore turbine, meaning it's going to be located in the sea. So if it does collapse, there's a lower chance of people getting hurt. A wind turbine almost as tall as the Eiffel Tower collapsed in Germany back in 2021. A turbine in Lithuania collapsed just in March of 2022. It was taller than the Great Pyramid of Giza. Just last June, a wind turbine that used to be taller than the Statue of Liberty collapsed in Oklahoma. The body of of the turbine was split in half and the blades were scattered around the fields below. Then just a few days later, another one collapsed in Colorado. Insurance company G-Cube Underwriting says these failures are happening with newer turbines. The company insures around $3.5 billion worth of wind-related assets around the world. And firms in the industry have said that the rapid development of turbines has led to challenges. Professor John Hall, the mechanical engineer we spoke with, says there are many reasons turbines collapse
4: that rocking you know with the, the the dynamics like you have your gyroscopic effects and then you know you have your spinning and 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 uh, um, you know whenever you 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 know you, you're going to have wind loads you can have some 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 gust. uh you know whenever we go out into we're now shifting to offshore wind and they're looking at floating wind turbines so if you have floating wind turbines another type of disturbance that you're going to get is like waves uh, again you know these are things that 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 we can
0: design for. Brent Bennett of the Texas Public Policy Foundation has a PhD in material science and engineering. He says, we currently use wind as a marginal resource. He says, it's going to be difficult for people to use it more because it requires more battery storage. Bennett's graduate research focused on advanced chemistries for utility scale energy storage systems.
5: So the first step that we need to make wind and solar, you know, more abundant on the electric grid is, um, you know, more really large scale batteries, right? And right now we don't really have the ability to really the scale. I should say we have the ability to make batteries, but we don't have the scale. Again, the the supply chain and all the manufacturing and the scaling to build batteries that can get us beyond, you know, 50% or so of the grid coming from wind and
0: solar. He says the barriers are technologically surmountable but the economic cost would be enormous. He says energy systems are large, complicated and take a long time to change.
5: When you go from having uh batteries that you know can store a couple hours of energy from, you know, for a, a small portion of the grid, right, to all of a sudden having to replace entire power plants and store energy for days at a time, You're talking about a thousand-fold increase in scale, and and you need about a 10x decrease in cost from where we are now.
0: And meanwhile, wind is America's largest source of renewable energy. It was the source of around 9% of America's utility-scale electricity back in 2021. And moving on, Britain's national power grid says it's going to pay customers to use less power this evening between the peak times of 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. It's the first time it's trying it out as the country faces a cold snap. The operator says the move does not mean power supplies are at risk. It just wants to ensure that everyone gets the electricity they need. Back in December, the company said that over a million British households had signed up for the scheme. National Grid has also asked for three coal-powered generators to be put on standby. It says this does not mean the coal-powered generators will definitely be used. As the world makes a push toward clean energy china isn't giving up on fossil fuels just yet this year beijing plans to speed up construction on coal and natural gas power plants according to the china electricity council the country will boost its electricity by 70 gigawatts in 2023 that's an even greater jump than in 2022 which saw a 40 gigawatt growth Despite that, Beijing is pouring money into renewable electricity, too, and clean energy will see even speedier growth. The the council says it expects 100 gigawatts of new solar power in 2023, plus 65 gigawatts of wind power. Beijing is on track to boost clean energy production to 52% of its total this year. Experts say demand for power will also rise this year as China works to rebuild its post-pandemic economy. While officials continue to raise concern over the surge in foreign-owned farms, an important question looms. Who owns America's water? The answer is opaque, but foreign interests are expanding their hold on U.S. water in ways besides just land ownership. Entities Colin Fredrickson takes a closer look.
6: Foreign interests are expanding their hold on U.S. water. This is coupled with an increase in foreign-owned agricultural acreage nationwide. According to the Department of Agriculture, over 37 million acres of pasture, timber, and farmland are now in the hands of outside businesses and nations. The amount is roughly the size of Iowa or Illinois. Canada and some European countries are the top buyers, but also on the list are Russia, Iran, and China. Among them, China's purchases of U.S. farmland went up 25-fold from 2010 to 2020. In the United States, landowners often have the right to use, sell, or divert water resources. Some welcome the arrival of foreign investors in their deep pockets, citing aging public water pipes and government underfunding. But a senior official with California's Resource Management laid out his concerns to the Epoch Times. The official, who asked to have their name omitted, said foreign investors are manipulating domestic politics in ways that prioritize the commodification of farmland over things like sustainable use, clean food, and water quality. And new research suggests increased privatization in water utilities can lead to higher prices at the tap for residents. Some lawmakers are taking action. In May 2022, Representative Dan Newhouse released a statement on a new bill to block China from buying U.S. farmland. In June 2021, Congressman Chip Roy introduced similar restrictions on Chinese ownership of U.S. land.
0: And we're taking a break now, but if you have any news, tips, or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the Avatar sequel hitting another milestone. What does it mean for the movie's director? And we visit a hotel for rabbits in Hong Kong, where they can stay while their owners travel for the Lunar New Year. Then more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. In entertainment news, Avatar The Way of Water continues to set records. What does it mean for director James Cameron? Let's take a look.
1: Water connects all things. It certainly connected moviegoers. Disney has announced Avatar The Way of Water has surpassed the $2 billion mark at the worldwide box office. Combined with the original Avatar and Titanic, this makes James Cameron the only director to helm three movies in the $2 billion club.
5: This is our backyard
3: and this is where we go when we want to come to the back of the house.
1: Diane Keaton's latest film Maybe I Do arrives in theaters this week keaton herself has been in theaters
3: as well i've been going to the theaters to watch movies recently i love it i just love going into the theater and watching it i do a film it's fun it's engaging
1: Dolly Parton is joined by the all-star team of Belinda Carlisle, Cyndi Lauper, Gloria Estefan, and Debbie Harry for the song Gonna Be You. The track was written by Diane Warren for the upcoming movie 80 for Brady.
0: In Asian culture, this year is the year of the rabbit. A rabbit hotel in Hong Kong is seeing a lot more business as rabbit owners travel abroad during the Lunar New Year. Take a look.
1: Welcome to Bunny Style, a rabbit hotel in busy Hong Kong. Here rabbits can roam in a large play area and even stay overnight in cozy cages. Owner Donna Lee opened her small business in June 2022.
7: At first, my idea was mainly to set up a safe indoor play space with a suitable temperature for rabbits, because in Hong Kong, not many people's homes really have enough suitable space for rabbits and it's always very humid and sometimes too hot for the fluffy animals.
1: Hong Kong recently eased COVID-19 pandemic restrictions. As more Hong Kong residents travel abroad during the new year, rabbit lovers need a temporary home for their pets. One night at this hotel costs $15 per guest, which includes unlimited hay and water, and half an hour of free hopping in the play area. And to assure pet owners, the hotel also provides 24 hour, real time video monitoring of their
7: rabbits. I'm going on holiday to Japan soon. And this is my first time leaving my rabbit in Hong Kong. And actually, I feel a bit nervous. I think the most important thing is to do enough research. I actually booked this place a few months in advance. I don't think it's a good idea just to leave my rabbit with friends or relatives, because I don't know if they have the right environment for my rabbit. Like, is it the right temperature? And is the floor a soft surface?
1: The Year of the Rabbit also puts a spotlight on pet abandonment issues. Tello Bunny is one of the city's main rabbit adoption agencies. It's constantly looking for new homes for these fluffy animals.
7: I don't think there's enough attention to rabbits in Hong Kong. There are only four active non-profits organizing the adoption of rabbits. There is definitely much more attention given to pets like cats and dogs. I hope there will be more attention and resources for all kinds of abandoned animals.
1: The agency's founder, Winky Chang, hopes that the year of the rabbit will bring more attention to the abandoned animals. Since the beginning of the month, they have already rescued twenty
0: rabbits. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.